Hi, Christ City. Before we start, just a reminder that if you call Christ City East Vancouver home uh, to give, you can do that on the website. Just click on the Give tab to do that. Also, if you have kids with you, uh, we'd love to be able to give you the resources we've prepared. You can find those on the Parents Group on Planning Center, or you can email Michelle at ChristCityChurch.ca, and we'd love to be able to equip you on these Sunday mornings as you listen and work through the sermon. Well, let me invite you to open your Bibles with me to John 12, uh, John 12, 20 to 26 this morning, and read along with me. Now among those who went up to worship at the feast were some Greeks. So these came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, and asked him, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. Philip went and told Andrew. Andrew and Philip went and told Jesus. And Jesus answered them, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Whoever loves his life loses it, and whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, he must follow me. And where I am, there will my servant be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. We need to see only one thing this morning, just one beautiful, glorious Easter truth, and it's this. The crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus has set in motion unstoppable good news. Unstoppable good news. Imagine with me for a moment we're in a jewelry store. You've all come with me, all 120 of you, and it's a big store. Just imagine with me. And we go to the counter and the jeweler there pulls out his biggest and best diamond and he asks each of us, what do you see? Now, of course, it depends on each person because of the lights and where we're standing. We're all going to see something different of that diamond. This morning, our diamond, if you will, is the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus. And what I want to do is have us stand in three different positions. To observe this diamond in all of its beauty, in all of its glory, and in all of its good news to us this morning. Uh, To do that, we're going to look at three points as we work through John 12. And there are these. The unstoppable good news for your soul. The unstoppable good news for your body. And the unstoppable good news for everything, for all of creation. Our text today, I should point out, is not an obvious Easter Sunday text. It's not an obvious Easter passage. And yet, in it, we find Jesus unpacking the heart of the Easter message. And to see that, we need to recognize where we're actually at in John's gospel. See, before John 12 and John 11, things have turned in John's gospel. Uh, Now, from this point forward, uh, they're now looking at, and John and his readers are now looking at, uh, the last days of Jesus' life. Uh, His triumphal entry, his crucifixion, and and his resurrection. Things have turned now towards his death. In fact, in John 11, 53, we read, So from that day on, they made plans to put Jesus to death. And now, in John 12, we find really the crescendo, or the apex, of Jesus' popularity. It's reached its peak. Not only has Jesus been worshipped in the triumphal entry by faithful Jews who had gathered in Jerusalem for Passover, 
we now read in our text in John 12, verse 20, that Greeks are now coming to see Jesus. Foreigners are now coming to inquire of this Jesus they have heard about. Look, look at that text with me, verses 20 to 22. Now among those who went up to worship at the feast were some Greeks. And so these came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, and they asked him, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. Philip went and told Andrew, and Andrew and Philip went and told Jesus. We have to see this morning that, that Jesus is at a crossroads of sorts. And if he answers Andrew and Philip one way, uh, he'll go in one direction. And if he answers them another way, he'll enter into another direction. And let, let me show you. See, Jesus could have answered Andrew and Philip with something like, let the nations come to me. Let the Greeks come to me. Let the press come to me. It's time for me to go global. It's time for me to be famous. And really, Jesus would be acting and would have been acting like every religious and political leader who's gone before him and who has come after him. It seems a very logical step. That the path that leads Jesus to welcoming the Greeks, embracing worldwide fame, seems like a no-brainer. But that's not the one he chooses. Instead of responding to Andrew and Philip with a clear yes or no, because we'll see later that there is, in one sense, a real way in which Jesus says yes to the Greeks. Jesus responds, did you catch that? Almost cryptically. It's classic Jesus. Jesus says in John 12, 23 to 24, And Jesus answered them, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, if it dies, it bears much fruit. There are two paths of response for Jesus. Get worldwide fame and honor or this other path. What is this path? What is Jesus saying? Our first clue to what Jesus is saying comes as he says, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Now in John's Gospel, as strange again as this sounds, the glorification of Jesus has been mentioned twice before this. And always we learn it's in reference to his crucifixion and his resurrection. It's in reference to his, his crucifixion. The path that Jesus chooses, instead of this path of worldwide fame and glory, is the path that will lead straight through the cross. Now Paul, the Apostle Paul, writing after this, talks about Jesus' decision to forsake the path of worldwide glory and fame and power and choose the path of the excruciating cross like this. In Philippians 2, he writes to the church there, Though he was in the form of God, did not account equality with God a thing to be grasped or an advantage to be used, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. In other words, though Jesus had every right to use the advantage and power that is rightfully, inherently his. Instead, he chooses the path of the cross. And Jesus chooses the cross. And we're never to forget, indeed we can't forget, 
How strange this is. See, many of us, you and I included, have grown up with a domesticated cross, a friendly cross, a cross we wear around our necks. But the cross is a strange and gruesome and horrific thing when considered. Uh, In a PBS series that aired in 1981 called The Christians, the narrator said this, Christianity is the only major religion to have as its central focus the suffering and degradation of its God. The crucifixion is so familiar to us and so moving that it is hard to realize how unusual it is as an image of God. Of course, the the cross is more than just an unusual image. It's meant to do more than just provoke curiosity and, and academic or scholarly discussion. As Jesus explains in our text today, when we pair the cross and the crucifixion with the resurrection, what we find is its unstoppable power. It is unstoppable power. And Jesus said, truly, truly, which is code for us to listen in, to lean in. This is important. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Here's what Jesus is saying. If I don't die, if I don't die for the sin of the whole world, I'm just like every other politician and celebrity. And really, we, we know this. If Jesus is not crucified, if Jesus doesn't die, Jesus is probably only known by by a few first century scholars who are interested in first century rabbinical teachings and, and, and readings. But if I die, Jesus says, watch what happens. Watch what happens. If crucifixion is planting the seed in the ground, then Jesus' resurrection is the first fruit to be harvested from that seed, from that plant. Indeed, this is exactly the language the Apostle Paul uses in 1 Corinthians 15. He says this, But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. Notice, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. That's all who have died. For as by a man came death, by a man has come also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ, in Christ shall all be made alive. In in other words, when, when Jesus came out of the tomb on Easter Sunday, we're being led to believe, indeed we have to believe, it was only the beginning. Now, I know this virus is terrible. The evil it's done, is doing, and will do is unspeakable. But it is also perfectly illustrating the unstoppable chain of events set in motion by Jesus' death and resurrection. It perfectly illustrates for us how something so small, so small, can now have global, indeed forever, ramifications. Of course, the difference being there is no vaccine. There is no defense. There are no gates that can stop what God has done and will do through Jesus' crucifixion and resurrection. 
And what has God done in Jesus? What has he done? What is this unstoppable good news brought about by the crucifixion and his resurrection? Well, those are our three points. First, the unstoppable good news for your soul is that you can have spiritual life today. You can have spiritual life today. In our self-isolation series, which is our YouTube uh, daily devotional series, we're going through the book of 1 Peter. And early on in the book of 1 Peter, the Apostle Peter writes this, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Because Jesus Christ is resurrected, you can be born again, to use Peter's words, today. That you and I can have spiritual life today. We can enter into God's family today. How? Jesus said in our text in John 12, 25, Whoever loves his life loses it. Whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Every person at some point in this life decides if they will live for this world or if they will die to this world and the things of this world in order to gain and inherit the world to come. If you're not a follower of Jesus and you're listening to this, why not follow him today? Maybe the coronavirus has exposed some things in you. Maybe it's exposed how empty and shallow the things you thought were important actually are. Or maybe it's exposed some ugliness, some evil in your own heart, in your own thinking, and even in your own actions. Today, Peter tells us, the whole Bible tells us, you can be born again to a living hope by trusting in Jesus who died on the cross for your sins and was resurrected that you might belong to God's family. That's an amazing promise for you today. For those of you who are followers of Jesus, who are part of our community at Christ City Church East Vancouver, maybe you're struggling right now. Like many people, you're having your world rearranged and and changed and turned upside down. Uh, The call to follow Jesus in his death, let me remind you, is not simply a one-time thing. It's not just how we get into the kingdom. It's how you and I progress in the kingdom as well. You know, early on during this whole quarantine thing, I found myself really depressed, almost hopeless, thinking things were actually quite pointless. And I shared with some people who we live with in our house. Some of you know Ryan and Sarah. They live upstairs. We live downstairs. And one day I was talking to Ryan, and he said to me, as only Ryan can, you know, when I heard about you being depressed and everything, I really wasn't that sad. In fact, I was really hopeful and I was really glad because I know the Lord is doing a good work in your heart and he's putting to death the idols of your heart. Then he said bye and he walked away, which if if you know Ryan is is really funny and he's a really great guy and, and I love him a lot. And he was totally right. See, Jesus said this in John 12, 26, if anyone serves me, he must follow me and where I am, there will my servant be also. 
if we want the resurrection life of Jesus right now, that's what Jesus offers us. If we want that resurrection life, then surely we must follow Jesus, indeed be where he is in his crucifixion death. We need to go through the cross if we want that resurrection life. I believe so strongly that the Lord is doing something in our church in this season, that he's doing something in my heart and in your heart in this time of quarantine, in this time of uncertainty. I believe that so strongly. And if we allow the Lord Jesus, if we do not, do not resist his work, if we allow him to move in us and through us, we will come back together a more holy church, a purified church, a church that knows more of his resurrection life than we would if we had not gone through this, if we had not experienced this. The unstoppable good news for your soul today is that your soul can have life. You can have resurrection life today. Let's turn the diamond now and examine another side. Second, the unstoppable good news for your body is that you will be physically made new. That's what the resurrection teaches us. In a COVID-19 world, of all the gods... Of all the gods, of the whole pantheon of gods out there, it is only the crucified and humiliated Jesus who enters into not only our suffering, but the world's suffering. No other god does that. No other god can do that. But inasmuch as Jesus died, the humiliating and horrific death of a societal lowlife, much more has Jesus been physically raised up and given a body of imperishable, eternal material. Jesus has been given an eternal body, a body very much like what you and I will be given when we are resurrected at the end of the age. Paul continues to write in 1 Corinthians 15, So is it with the resurrection of the dead. What is sown is perishable. Indeed, we know this. What is raised is imperishable. It is sown in dishonor, it is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness, it is raised in power. Again, one of the things the coronavirus has done in this season has been to expose my longing and, and a lot of our longings for an imperishable kingdom. An imperishable kingdom that we will inhabit with imperishable bodies. Strong bodies. Body is not susceptible to, to disease and, and weakness. See, I, I heard someone say this week that when we look at the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus, we immediately think that the unnatural thing is the resurrection, that that's strange. But really, when we look at this from God's perspective, the unnatural thing of the crucifixion and, and the resurrection is the crucifixion. That's unnatural. Death, in God's eyes, is the unnatural thing. What will be so natural to us forever and ever, amen, is the resurrection life. Is life eternal? That will be what's natural to us. Jesus said, if anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. Which brings us to the final side of the diamond, at least for what we have time for this morning. 
the unstoppable good news for everything, for all of creation, is that all of creation will be made new. See, the second that Jesus walks out of that tomb, the clock on this age begins. The timer on this present age starts. Famine, coronavirus, food scarcity, death, evil, all those things have a shelf life. They will all expire. Even this kingdom pattern we see in our text today of death leading to new life, that too will cease. Soon we will only know life, only life upon life upon life. Death will be a distant memory. So, so here it is, friends. If you believe that Jesus has died on the cross for your sins, if you believe that Jesus has died on the cross for your sins, and if you believe that Jesus has been physically resurrected from the grave so that you, you might have eternal life, you then must believe that there is unstoppable good news for all of us today that will culminate, that will crescendo in the renewal of all things. And so go, like the women, like the disciples who fled from the tomb, go in that joy today. Go with that resurrection hope in this season. There is unstoppable good news. We can't change it. All we can do in this season is throw ourselves headfirst into the rushing waters that is this story. That is the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus. All we can do in this season is trust that there is unstoppable good news for your soul. You can have life today. For your body, though this body is wearing down, you will be given a new imperishable body at the resurrection of all things. And indeed for all creation. That while creation groans now, as Romans 8 tells us, it will one day be entirely and completely renewed. Let me pray. Father, I pray a blessing over our community scattered around the city today, that they would know the joy that comes with truly seeing the resurrected Jesus, the one who is alive and present with us even now as we gather. I pray for my brother or sister who is alone right now, that they would know the joy of being joined by the Spirit to believers and ultimately to you around the world. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. For more information about Christ City Church in Vancouver, please visit ChristCityChurch.ca. We invite you to join us in praying that God's kingdom would come in Vancouver as it is in heaven.